Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Were Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out would remind every student that they were made for more simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes. Or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus. And we're here to help. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Welcome to the You Are Me For More podcast. My name is Sammy Gallo, and I'm going to be your host today. And I just wanted to kind of pop in and share this episode with you guys, which actually is a talk that I gave to students and youth leaders and parents at an event that we call the Y Summit, which is in conjunction with the March for Life every year in January. So in January 2022, we held an event that is all about the pro-life movement and equipping people to advocate for life in their communities, but also at the March for Life. So this talk really is about relationships. It's about relationships and how our whole soul is involved in any relationship we get into and why the way we live into our relationships matters so much when we say that we believe certain things. So I hope that this conversation blesses you. I hope that it teaches you something, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Thanks for being here with us. All right. Hi, guys. Uh, My name is Sammy Gallo, and I was planning on being there with you in person. Um, I love the March for Life. I love the Y Summit, but um, circumstances have kind of caused me to stay home. My family is sick with COVID. Luckily, I am not sick, so I'm super pumped that I can still record this presentation for you guys and share what the Lord put on my heart with you. because I do believe it's important. I believe that it is going to inspire you when you go back to your homes and your churches and your schools. And it's really going to get your mind thinking about some things as we, as you guys go to the March for Life tomorrow with hundreds of thousands of other people and stand for what it means to be pro-life. So if you have never met me before, I'm going to introduce myself a little bit in these um, next few minutes as I talk with you. But the first thing I want to share with you is the biggest part of my life. And I'm going to put up a picture for you. This is my family and my little girl who I'm holding in this picture. She's 16 months old. And as I have parented her for the past 16 months. I've had a lot of time to think 
um, as I've held her and rocked her and fed her. And I've constantly been thinking about what our society values, right? Because honestly, it's humbling to work in the pro-life movement and then raise my daughter and watch her go from this little seven pound, one ounce baby when she was born and grow and develop into this like full blown little Latina girl um, who has a huge personality and she's fiery and funny and she just loves to have fun. And it's been really humbling for me to do that. And the other huge part of my life that is relevant to this conversation tonight um, is what I'm doing when I'm not wearing my mom hat, right? When I'm not being a mom, I actually go and I sit in classes and I discuss things like healthcare ethics, medical freedom and choice and Christianity. So another huge part of my life is that I am finishing up my BSN degree at a Christian university. So in 11 months, I'm actually set to graduate and become a nurse. Um, And my goal is to work in the labor and delivery unit and actually partner with moms and dads and families as they welcome their babies into the world. So that's kind of where my passion with being pro-life has led me and my passion with being a mom and and a Christian. That's kind of where I'm going. But all of these things align, right? Because I hear all the time um, Christians explain their stance as being pro-life for themselves, but pro-choice for others. That they believe they couldn't, or more importantly, they shouldn't ever make a choice regarding a pregnancy for another woman. And at the core of it, right, their arguments sound real. They sound legit. And they actually oddly kind of make sense if you don't dig a little bit deeper. They're convincing, they're impactful, and they even can come across as selfless in a weird way, But at the core of it, they really are not at all rooted in the gospel. And they are precisely why the people that God has appointed to fight for the unborn, which are, they're us, right? The church, we're his people. We are the ones that are meant to fight abortion. And it's precisely those reasons why a lot of the times we're silent, indifferent, or we're on the wrong side of the fight. And we actually find ourselves aligning more with the pro-choice movement. I want to talk to you guys today about kind of uncovering those lies, the lies that appear to be pretty and wrapped up and clean, um, the lies that are appealing, but the lies that are actually rooted in death and not in the gospel, because they matter. They matter not only to God, but they matter because they're actually what make up our souls, right? They make up our relationships with the Lord, that vertical relationship that you hear referred to, and then they make up our relationships with other people, our horizontal relationships. They matter. That is the point, right, of life is to be in relationship. And like I said before, typically maybe you see me up on a stage talking about abundant life, you were made for more. That is kind of my thing. I'm talking about relationships and doing relationship education within the church. It's something I'm passionate about. 
Um, and I developed this curriculum with Anglicans for Life, the organization that's hosting the Y Summit. Um, and the reason you guys are here in DC, or maybe you're streaming online tonight. This curriculum and all of the things that I've worked on were created to make sure that the church is having conversations about relationships that were engaging you guys in conversations about relationships and that we're equipping youth leaders and parents to talk about these things. Um, so maybe you have her, had good conversations with a youth leader or with a parent about sexuality, things you're struggling with, about dating, about relationships. I hope that you have, um, right? That's, that's why we have these resources for you guys. If you haven't had a chance to have some of those conversations, we actually have a podcast for you. It's called You Were Made For More. If you search that in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen, you'll find it. And we have a lot of great conversations about relationships, sexuality, the gospel, and why they matter. This is where the connection comes in tonight, though, for you guys. Christians, we talk a lot about relationships and sexual purity, and we also talk a lot about being pro-life, but we kind of like do this weird thing and we separate them, right? We talk a lot about the two of them separately, but we ignore the chasm of understanding between the two issues, issues that actually are integrally connected, not just in reality, but in our spiritual lives. Um, we might be quick to say that we're pro-life, yet we fail to understand what that sanctity of life looks like in the day-to-day. The truth is being pro-life is not just a political viewpoint. You'll meet a lot of people who will tell you that it is. You'll see people at the march tomorrow that that's what they believe that being pro-life is about. But I'm here to tell you that it is not, especially as a Christian. We have to reframe our thinking a little bit, and that's what I want you guys to do tonight. I want us to talk about why being pro-life is actually a lifestyle. Okay, so bear with me. I'm going to kind of ask you guys some questions, and you don't have to answer them, but I want you to, like, really think about them and apply them to your own life and be honest with yourself. Um, and, and wrestle with some of the things I'm going to ask you, go home, talk to your parents about them, talk with your leaders about them because they're important. Okay. So how can we claim to uphold the sanctity of life when we simultaneously defile our bodies and others' bodies with our eyes uh, by what we look at, by what we browse on social media, by the thoughts that run through our head, right? How can we claim to be pro-life when we engage willingly every day in spiritual death? The other truth I want you guys to consider tonight is that you can't really be pro-life and also be engaged in these types of sexual and relational sins, that we talk about in, in the church, right? We just can't do it. If we believe in the sanctity of life, that every human 
bears the image of God, that we are image bearers of God. That's what it means um, to believe in the sanctity of life. It means to believe that no matter how small or how capable you are, that you matter and that you are an image bearer of God, the creator of everything. We have to embrace the connection. If we believe in the sanctity of life, we have to embrace the connection between the intrinsic value of the unborn and the intrinsic value of a sex worker or a porn star. Both both the unborn and those groups of people were created in the image of God. If we believe what we say we believe as Christians and as people who are pro-life, we believe that both have the sanctity of life. And when we actively engage in sexual sin as a habit, we kind of relegated our pro-lifeness to a world outside of ourselves. We don't let it influence us. We don't let it influence our walk with the Lord. And that's not what I want being pro-life to be about for you guys. Being pro-life will change your entire walk with God. It will change your life because it is a lifestyle. And that's what I truly believe that's what the Lord made it to be. Now, it's true that you, if you know anything about abortion, hopefully you've learned things tonight from Michael and from Melissa about what abortion is, what Roe versus Wade is, kind of what where we're heading as a nation. Um, it's true that the aborted in this nation, most of the babies that are, that are killed are largely conceived in sex outside of marriage. And that's something that we as Christians, we tend to focus on a lot. And we say that, well, if we could fix those relational issues, right, if we could get back to family and marriage and making that a priority in our nation, then abortion would, in result, kind of be tamed, right? But before we argue about being pro-life in that way on social media, in the classroom, or with our friends, we need to ask ourselves, am I so pro-life that I am honoring the sanctity of my own life, including the sanctity of my sexuality? Because your identity, guys, you that's what Abundant Life is all about. If you've ever listened to our podcast or if you've ever read anything that I've, I've written online, your relationships are are a reflection of your identity. That is huge. Once you get that, you will start focusing more on who you are and who God made you and what that means and how that should play into your relationships. I've been thinking lately and and all the things that I see on social media, all the things that I hear, uh, and I've been personally convicted before, right? I was single, I dated, I was engaged, and I've been convicted about things before. Um, Isn't it hypocritical to condemn women for pursuing abortions while simultaneously living in sexual sin, And that may be hard for you to hear because we kind of put like sins on this 
bar graph if you're a math person we like to put our sin maybe down here a little bit and then another person sin up here like we never could sin as much as this other person right yes abortion is wrong because it ends a sacred life that's what we're here to stand for and to fight for and to believe in and learn about and educate ourselves about but isn't it all wrong isn't all sin wrong because it dishonors a sacred life and it separates us from god i want you guys to go home knowing that your purity preaches the gospel louder than anything you ever say or anything you ever type on your social media accounts if you honor god with your body and uphold his design for sexuality you will be living out what you say you believe. And after that, after that comes something even harder, right? Our next challenge as believers and as people who say that we are pro-life should be then to love those who have transgressed transgressed those sins that are so easy to condemn and to love the babies born from the things that we want to condemn with the same grace that Jesus offers to all of us. Our purity preaches the gospel. By living out God's design for relationships, we can start to change this narrative around the pro-life message. Or we can just keep telling our Instagram followers just how pro-life we are. We can march, protest, comment, and argue. But unless our lives reveal the very sanctity we claim to defend, who are we to really talk about being pro-life? Some might say that God can use our words no matter what our lives look like. And I believe that certainly God redeems our brokenness and uses it for his glory. No matter who we are and what we've done. But more often than not, especially when we are aware of our sin and we choose to ignore it out of comfort, it actually hinders the gospel's advance. And that might be challenging to hear and realize because it's challenging to be corrected in the way that we think and it might be uncomfortable but that is the truth being pro-life is not a political issue abortion is not a political issue it's not a government issue this in actuality is a personal and spiritual issue And it affects every one of us that is sitting in this room tonight. We need to ask ourselves, am I more concerned with the being, with being on the right side of the political arena than in aligning my mind with God's priorities? Ultimately, we do become better citizens and wiser voters and more educated when we align ourselves with the wisdom of God. But that, that part has to come first. We have to be connected to the source of life before we try to do all of these other things. Governments, they come and go. Laws are passed and they're struck down. But the law and the life giver remains. We are able to best defend life when we walk in step with the source of it. 
the pro-choice movement loves to shout and to talk about a few of these things that I'm going to mention that you see on the screen. And you're going to see some of these things tomorrow at the march if you encounter protesters or people who believe that abortion should be legal no matter what the circumstances and that a woman has the right to choose. You're going to see that they are most of the times very loud and condemning in themselves. They love to shout, I decide. I decide what to do with my body. I decide what to do with my eyes. My body, my choice is their logo, right? That's what you're going to see the pro-choice movement being labeled as. My body, my choice. And each time we engage with these thought processes quietly, we are echoing that sentiment of the pro-choice movement, we're actually perpetuating what they are all about. And I would argue that in our souls, we don't want to do that because that message is anti-gospel, right? That's not what Jesus came and died for. On the other hand, the pro-life movement, as we've talked about, must find its birth in our being, on our character, the pattern of our thoughts, and the goal of our days. Your generation has the power to make this shift within the church. We have to live the pro-life movement. We cannot just say all of these nice, pretty things anymore. We have to make it more than words. That's why I suggest as Christians marching for life tomorrow, let's maximize our mobility as we go home, right? Let's think about what that means to maximize our mobility. It means to bring these things into our relationships back home, to be fully and utterly pro-woman, adding value, radiating kindness, listening well, and bringing the truth in the midst of all those things just like Jesus did when he was here on earth. We have to be pro-woman to that mom considering abortion. We have to be pro-woman to that immodest girl who were automatically quick to judge. She's in one of our classes. We have to be pro-woman to the older woman in our church who just doesn't get it. We have to be pro-woman to our more liberal friends. We have to be pro-woman to the unborn baby girl. We have to be pro-woman to the legalist trapped by thinking that the Bible is actually all about the rules when that's the furthest thing from the truth. We have to be pro-woman to the secular feminist who is loud and shouts all of the things that the, that pro-choice movement shouts. We have to be pro-woman and we have to do it with our lives, not just our words. We don't need feminism to fix a problem we had the answer to all along. And I know that if, if you guys have been in church and you've been going to the youth group, you know what the answer is, right? The answer is Jesus. He transforms our souls. He transforms our lives and he transforms our relationships. 
And if we live that gospel with our lives, not just with our words, we have the ability to end abortion in our lifetime, but we have to make being pro-life with all of our lives, right? That, that's what our focus has to be. So I hope that as you guys go forward tomorrow, that that is in the back of your head and that you really want to be pro-life and pro-woman and pro-baby with every essence of your being. And like I said, I encourage you guys, if you have questions about these things, um, talk to your youth leader about it. Talk to your parents about it. They would love to have these conversations with you. So before I sign off. I just want to take a minute and pray with you guys. Um, I'm there in spirit with you. But before we go off tomorrow and we stand for something that God cares deeply about, uh, will you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for the fact that you care about life and that you are pro-life in everything that you do. You created us even though you knew all along that we would be broken and that we would need saving and that you would have to send your son for us, but you did it because you love us. God, I just pray that that would always, that that message, that the hope that the gospel brings us would always be in our minds, that it would be in every fiber of our being, and that you would help us to make being pro-life a lifestyle, and not just something that we say, or type, or show. Um, God, it has to start with us. We have to start honoring our lives. We have to start believing that we have sanctity of life and that that sanctity of life transfers to every single human being, every unborn baby, every sinner that we encounter. God, it has to start with that. Would you just work in our hearts and our minds to remind us of that, to transform us, to allow conversations to happen, and most importantly, to let us know that we are loved and cherished. God, we thank you so much. And we just pray um, for the march tomorrow that you would be present above all and that you would be glorified. We love you. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, all that you have done and all that you will continue to do. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in today. If you were blessed by this episode, if you liked it, I would encourage you to leave us a star rating or a review and let us know what you thought that really helps get the podcast out there and and share it with your friends and family. Um, It really helps spread the message of the gospel that we're trying to spread And I also would encourage you, if you are listening and you're interested in learning more about the March for Life or the Why Summit, to follow us on our social media pages. Those are linked in the show notes. But basically, all you need to do is search our handle, which is at Abundant Life, YM, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we post all of the information about that event there. We would love to see you with us in January of 2020. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time.